Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Cork's Red FM. Good evening, folks. Glad you could join us for the Big Red Bench on this Sunday evening. My name's Rory. We have a packed show for you. Coming away between now and 7 o'clock. Reaction to come from Crow Park, where Limerick have beaten Galway by three points to set up an all-monster final with their rivals at Waterford in two weeks' time. We'll hear from both camps very, very shortly indeed. We'll indeed hear from Waterford as well after their fantastic win over Kilkenny yesterday. Also on the show, reaction from Ireland's win over George Andy Farrell. Not best pleased with a poor enough performance today at the Aviva Stadium. Also on the show, we're going to talk to Denise O'Sullivan ahead of the clash with Germany on Tuesday. Day. Go and talk to Pat Kelly about what it was like to referee Maradona. And we're going to talk to Cork City legend Declan Daly about his fundraiser for the Mercy University Hospital. You're listening to the Big Red Bench on Cork's Red FM. certainly in the Christmas spirit here after Kenny Jane playing some Christmas songs just before the Big Red Bench tonight I wanted to play an hour of Christmas songs was told by the boss that I wasn't allowed and be sacked if I did was still very very tempted to do so regardless it does feel like Christmas when you're watching All-Ireland uh, Hurling Championship semi-final clashes going on in Croke Park in the middle of November or at the end of November I should say 29th of November the All-Ireland semi-final it's a weird situation watching an empty Croke Park hosting an All-Ireland semi-final uh, over, these week- uh, over these two days of the weekends but it will be Limerick who face Waterford in the final after today's win over Galway uh, in 23 points uh, to or sorry uh, it was uh it was a Limerick who won excuse me uh, this afternoon uh, so a fantastic result for them 27 points to 24 I beg your pardon was how it finished today in Croke Park Joe Canning though had to be stretched off in the 61st minute he scored 12 points today. that was a massive turning point in the game we will talk to Valerie about that she's in Croke Park today we'll talk to her in just a little bit uh, about today's game and indeed about the All-Ireland final in a couple of weeks time elsewhere in ladies football Westmeath beat Ross Common today on a score of 2-9-2 13 points in the TG Carroll Ireland ladies intermediate semi-final they'll face Meath in the decider that game will be on the 20th of December in football and uh, Chelsea and Tottenham still scored a 71 minutes uh, on the clock there in that game earlier on Manchester United came from behind fantastic performance in the second half from them and in particular there's sub Edinson Cavani Richard Newman full time Southampton 2 Manchester United 3 Edinson Cavani's come off the bench to save United what an impact as a substitute the visitors coming from 2-0 down to win this Southampton were more clinical in the first half Jan Bednarak opened a scoring with a header from a corner by James Ward-Prowse who doubled the lead with a fine free kick which eventually led to keeper David De Gea being substituted when he clattered with the post trying to save it but Cavani's introduction made the difference for United. He set up Bruno Fernandes to score and then the roles were reversed when the Uruguayan headed in a deflected Fernandes shot and then in stoppage time there was Cavani again with a stooping header past Alex McCarthy. Huge impact from him. Entertaining game. It's finished Southampton 2 Manchester United 3. Yeah, two brilliant goals and a peach of an assist from Cavani today and the United boss Ole Gunnar Solskjaer uh, says it was an important win. It's great to get three points in the way we did it, as in uh, last minute. It's a comeback. It's a tradition of this club. Uh, it's something that this team is getting better and better at as well. Arsenal and Wolves is a quarter past seven kickoff this evening. Things going from bad to worse for Celtic boss Neil Lennon. The Hoops beaten two 0 by Ross County in the Scottish League Cup of Parkhead to knock them out. Rangers meanwhile leading Falkirk 2 0 away from home into the second half. There in rugby, as I mentioned at the top of the show, not. A 
really that great a performance from Ireland today as they beat Georgia 23 points to 10 in their Autumn Nations Cup game at the Aviva Stadium Billy Burns and Hugo Keenan both going over the line for Andy Farrell's side in the first half England securing top spot in Ireland's Group A yesterday with a win over Wales Lewis Hamilton has won the Bahrain Grand Prix but his victory massively overshadowed by a massive crash this was absolutely terrifying so Roman Grosjean walking away with only minor injuries his car was destroyed. He uh, It was a collision on the first lap when flying into a barrier at really high speed from close range. The car blew up into a ball of flame. It was one of the most terrifying things I've ever seen. Luckily, luckily, he escaped with only minor burns on his hands and his ankles. He walked away from it. It was terrifying. The race was halted for nearly an hour and a half. You should see the car afterwards. I have no idea how Grosjean walked away from that one. Shows you the advances in safety in Formula 1 over the years uh, that meant that Grosjean could walk away. But genuinely, absolutely terrifying stuff at that uh, Grand Prix today. So glad Roman Grosjean could walk away. All right, we have a competition on the show tonight. We have a €25 voucher to give away with thanks to our friends at Supermax this evening. Uh, Very simple. We just want you to text your name uh, and your address to 086-8104-106. And uh, we want you to answer this very, very simple question. Who will contest this year's All-Ireland Hurling Final? Who will contest this year's All-Ireland Hurling Final? You could be winning a €25 voucher with thanks to our friends at Supermax. Visit supermax.ie. 086-8104-106 on text or WhatsApp. Who will contest this year's All-Ireland Hurling Final? We will announce the winner at the end of the show. Right, we are going to start today's show, though, with our rugby. We'll go to Croke Park in a bit. We're going to talk to Valerie very, very soon. We're going to get the reaction from Andy Farrell following uh, today's uh, disappointing performance against Georgia. Uh, not good enough, Mary. Not good enough. Um, certainly in that uh, second 40, um, it wasn't the standard that we uh, expected of ourselves and wasn't the standard... Um, uh, that um, especially playing at home after after the first 40 that I thought was decent enough flowing at times still obviously things to fix at half time but um, you know the two tries one from a forward pass and I don't know the rules anymore re- regarding that you know we have a touch judge that's telling us that it's a try and then, then a referee that says it's not a try James Ryan's over over the line just before half time he's got the ball down um, so he says um, so still things to fix but I thought our game was was flowing um, a little bit in the first half and then uh, come out in the second half and um, I just thought we didn't have any, any courage of our own conviction like you know um, I thought that Georgia thoroughly deserved to earn the right to slow our game down by being total menaces at the breakdown and all credit to them for that but that's not good enough from us What could you specifically have done better you guys in the second half? Well the, the bigger picture stuff again if you, if, you, if you have the courage of your own convictions then you'll follow through with whatever it may be um, if you're trying to get the ball to the to the wide channels, then then let, let's do it properly. Like you know, let's um, let's let's make sure that it, that uh, there's proper intent in our player to get it there. And there certainly was opportunities for us to get into space out wide, 
and we, and we just tucked and um, uh, we probably turned ourselves back in, inside um, uh, on a number of occasions and got turned over at the breakdown. Um, they hunted us hard down at the breakdown and then on the, on, the, on, the, on the other side of that, when we, when we punched onto a ball, we punched onto a ball a couple of times towards the end of the game, really hard and tough, and then our breakdown work was able to, to follow. But um, sometimes I didn't think we had conviction with, with, with our carry as well, and therefore they was able to slow our, our ball down. Andy, that's kind of becoming a common theme after the France match. You were talking about belief, and now it's courage and conviction. What are you putting that down to? Um, is there, what, what, what can you? What's the, what's the solution to that? Well, there's obviously something to do with the with the, with the third quarter. You know, um, as I said, after after half time, um, uh, we was. Uh, we was quite bullish at half-time regarding we was creating our own luck, you know, we had some great energy in our kick chase. Uh, I thought, um, barring one defensive slip there, uh, obviously for, 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 the, for the try, I thought we would a couple of really good two-man hits that was dominant, etc. I thought our, uh, um, our, our line-out pressure, our line-out in general was good, and then, and then our, our line-out pressure defensively was was creating a bit of havoc for them, and and then in the second half, we we needed to just stick to the plan and, and, and keep putting the pressure to, um, on Georgia by keep turning them around, etc. But we we decided to to, to play um, a, a line out uh, and, and go wide, and it was on to go wide, and we, we we didn't we didn't commit ourselves properly to it, you know, so. Again, all these things add up to giving the opposition energy, don't they, and belief themselves. Thanks, Andy. Would you, could you just give us a run through the injuries? Um, what happened to Billy and Andrew, or who else was uh, who else reported with an injury? Um, yeah, I don't know where to start. Really, um, there's 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 quite a few. Um, uh, Rob Herring's got a, a little bit of something that that needs to be having a look at regarding his um, his rib. Um, Billy, he went, uh, he felt something in his groin in the warm up. Um, he said he was fine to to play and played a, a nice first forty uh, starter, I thought, but uh, he's he's nursing a, a groin injury. Um, Connor got a bang within the first couple of minutes of a dead leg. Um, uh, so we had to look after him. He he's, seems that he's going to be fine. Obviously, Will came off a HIA, so it's a six-day turnaround. We'll see. We'll see how that goes. Um, yeah, uh, Keith Earls had a, a back spasm, had to come off as well. So um, yeah, quite a, quite a bit of disruption, but that's 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 uh, that's nothing to do with the second half performance. Andy, how much of a missed opportunity did this feel? And in terms of the overall picture, are you concerned? Um, missed opportunity, yeah, a tale of two halves. Uh, so we, we need to be honest with ourselves this week. And, uh, you know, we've, uh, we've a six-day turnaround, so the, there's not going to be that much time on the field to, to, to fix a few things. But we've got to make sure that we be honest with each other and, uh, and make sure that there's a, there's a better 80-minute performance next weekend. Andy, just on that, how much of a threat do you think Scotland are coming over here for that, that playoff game? 
Um, I think they're uh, a big threat. Um, I think they're playing well. They play, they play a nice brand of rugby. Um, the last time we played them here in the Aviva in the Six Nations, it was a difficult match. I thought they, they played really well that night, so I'm sure that after watching that second half performance there, and uh, um, yeah, taking stock of what happened in, in the Six Nations, I'm sure that they'll see that as an opportunity that they like to try and take back. So we'll see what we're about this week. Okay, guys, we've got time for one more. Yeah, that's Andy Farrell there in the post-match press conference uh, following today's win over Georgia. Not the greatest performances uh, from Ireland today, it has to be said. And uh, playoff against Scotland now uh, next Saturday to come after today's game. 23-10 was how it finished at the Aviva Stadium. Uh, in the Premier League, still one game ongoing. Chelsea and Tottenham are going head-to-head. Not a great game by any stretch of the imagination. Scores there after 81 minutes. And uh, Arsenal Wolves is the later kickoff this evening at 7.15. Uh, we're going to get some reaction from Croke Park in a bit uh, following Limerick's win over Galway today. They'll face Waterford, who turned in one of the great second-half performances yesterday in Croke Park as uh, they be killed Kenny 227 to 223 it was thrilling stuff it was absolutely fantastic it was such a wonderful game of hurling and Waterford deserved winners yesterday fantastic performance from them and uh, we'll hear from their boss now uh, Liam Cal uh, following uh, yesterday's win there's halftime talks in sport have become the thing of legends over the years can you give us a little bit of an insight into how a, a seven point deficit was turned around so much by the water break in the second half yeah, well, sure, look, it wasn't down to anything dramatic, I can assure you that. It was down to the players, really. Uh, just our decision-making was costing us uh, big time in the first half. Um, left, you know, quite a number of, of easy plays or chances maybe behind us. I know Kilkenny missed quite a number as well, but uh, we just seemed to be off, to, off it a little bit. But I thought it was more mentally with our mindset than we were than, than our legs more so. So we just tried to address that and see... See, could we turn it around? And you know, we looked for a green flag or two. We needed that to give ourselves a chance of getting back into the game. And um, thankfully, we we got that. And look, short is great. We're we're pure thrilled and delighted to be in a final. Could nervousness be a part of that in the first half? The the occasion and so much that's been spoken about this squad and what you've done so far this year. I I, I don't think so. I think I think it's it's just some days fellas are feeling it and more days they're not. And um, but. A real good sign today was that fellas didn't give up on it and that's the most encouraging part for me that they kept backing themselves and they kept you know willing and wanting to turn it around and you know that's what what you know decent teams are made of and thankfully uh, as I said it worked out and very proud to very proud of the players today you must be massively impressed as well with the nature of how they pushed on in the second half didn't just simply get yourselves back into the game but just completely grabbed the game by the scruff of the neck and did everything that was within your power to determine the end result yeah, yeah, absolutely. All that is good. Um, you know, that's what will be will be required. You know, every day you go out and you're playing opposition like Kilkenny or any of the top teams in the country, you have to have that ruthlessness to, to see out matches. And, um, you know, the fellas worked really hard today to, to, to see out the match. And, you know, credit to Austin Gleeson. He was out in his legs there and he absolutely, you know, gave everything he had. And I think, you know, if ever a performance epitomised Austin Gleeson, uh, I think 
on my watch today I think today was, was that because in fairness to the man he's been lauded and applauded for all the spectacular t- things he does and I think from today and over my reign so far I think he's brought a different aspect to his game from work rate and honesty and hooking and blocking and being a part of a, of a, of a team and I'm delighted for him in particular Just a last one for me um, you've been the story of the hurling championship for a lot of people um, managing expectation might become as big a challenge over the next two weeks as as anything else with all that's been done this year you now have the opportunity to Waterford have the opportunity to take the ultimate step does what's gone so far count for anything if you don't leave here with a significant piece of silverware in a couple of weeks ah sure look I, I, you know I'd, I suppose it's a, it's a results driven business isn't it when you're when you're managing an inter-county team and you're managing uh, uh, you know a county like Waterford that, that have good hurlers and expect to be be in the last four and the last two of, of championships so look Yes, there's silverware there to be won. We're going to do everything in our power to try and win it now at this stage. Um, but we have to be very conscious that we will um, come here to hurl a match in two weeks' time and we'll try our utmost not to play the occasion. And um, that'll be our goal for the next fortnight. But I think these fellas are enjoying their hurling. They're enjoying what we're creating inside it in training. And I think they'll, they'll look forward to two weeks' time. Liam, can I ask you just about you sort of playing to the occasion and that kind of thing? And we've been tying ourselves up in knots wondering the presence of a crowd here or there doesn't make any difference at all. Now, you as a manager, you're used to being that person coming in as the underdog and winning things and winning matches and people don't expect it. But the crowd, is it a factor? Who better to answer this than you? Yeah, well, I can assure you, I suppose I was happy enough at half time today that there was no crowd there <laughs> because I'm sure I got plenty of advice, advice going down the tunnel. But, um, it is, it's strange, it is Mario, yeah, it is strange but um, I think it's not taken from the intensity on the field you can see that yourselves, I don't know do the people at home really probably don't get a, a proper grasp of it when, when, they're, when they're watching it on the television but when you're there on the line and you see the hits that are going in and the ferocity that's there, it's incredible so from a player perspective I'd say it doesn't change on the field but definitely we'd love to have the crowds but sure look at the end of the day we're, we're pure thrilled to have games at all at this stage you had more miles on the clock coming into this game than Kilkenny not that it bothered you but coming up to the end of it people were worried I'd say everyone at home was screaming for it in particular for Waterford to hold on I was worried for you as well what was the difference in the end was it physical fitness or was it just mind over matter didn't matter the pain just get through it yeah it's a combination of them, of all of them things to be fair and I think we, we did quite well to freshen it up we probably could have freshened it a little bit earlier but we we were we were we seemed to be going reasonably well and you're always afraid to tweak it too much when you're when the momentum is with you but I thought young Eula Daly gave us great emphasis today when he came on for a young fellow of 19, 20 years of age um, I think you know um any of the subs that, that came on, Daryl Lines in particular, you know. So we, we, we have good players in Waterford that are, you know, putting up their hand every week to come in. And it's great, great for me as a manager that you can have that energy to, to come in and help the fellas that have been maybe flat out for the last three weeks. So delighted. Yeah, it's Liam Cahill there speaking after Waterford's win over Kilkenny yesterday. I'm going to hear from uh, a very uh, dejected Brian Cody after yesterday's defeat. These interviews are never easy. Uh, I think the last time I spoke to you actually was after the All-Ireland final and I think a trade we were just discussing before you came down that is admirable. You win, lose or draw. You do come out and you face the barrage and there's a lot of us here this evening. Yeah, well look, I mean, that's sport. I mean, one team wins, one team doesn't win and the team that wins always feel terrific about it and, you know, we've done okay in the past and that. The team when you don't win then, I mean, what can you do? You say, well done to the opposition that beat you. You go away, you feel like, <laughs> you feel fairly awful but at the same time, um, it's sport and you've got to be able to take these defeats on the chin and move on.
It was Jurgen Klopp, I think, who said that sport was the least was the most important thing of the least important things. But does a loss like this, it's still in Ireland semi-final, albeit like you said in a very tough year, it's still going to hurt. Oh, absolutely, yeah. And I mean, is you know what's happening around the country and around the world is is, is on a different level completely to everything else. And and uh, we we played and the GA worked within the rules of what could happen and within the rules of what could happen and that was very very important but when it comes to match day like everything else goes out the window and match takes over everything and you know we were going home disappointed and that's the way losers always go home and Walford were going home very very happy with something terrific to look forward to and we wish him well and if there's to be one benefit of this year finally it's that next year isn't that far away yeah that's the game and sport is like that too life is like that you know life moves on and Teams who don't win go away very, very disappointed, but players um, play while they can, and that's it. Yeah, massively disappointed there, Brian Cole. quite philosophical at the same time following yesterday's defeat to Waterford. Waterford will, of course, face uh, Limerick in the final after their win over Galway. We'll go back to Croke Park in just a little bit. And now it's a big week for the Republic of Ireland women's team as they face Germany in their European Championship qualifier. It's a, a massive task for Ireland as they have to better or match or better Ukraine's result against Montenegro on Tuesday night to progress uh, to the uh, Euros so it's a big ask uh, Germany are in fantastic form they are the team to beat Ireland uh, have a big task ahead of them in Tala this coming Tuesday night but uh, Denise O'Sullivan the Cork woman uh, will be uh, starting for the Republic of Ireland in the engine room uh, this coming Tuesday night and she gave her thoughts before the game We have to be realistic Germany are one of the best teams in the world and um, we've seen that against them uh, there last month or the month before that how good they were and how tough the game was but we'll have a game plan and um, we'll work hard this week and you know just go out, go out and do our best really and try and get three points yeah it's, it's been tough it's been so different but um, you know we're just trying to be very careful obviously at club um, we just have to follow all the guidelines just the, the usual stuff of wearing masks, you know, not being too close together, but obviously that's hard when you're, when you're training together every single day, but it's the same in camp here. Um, just being really, really careful and wearing your mask everywhere you go. You know, there's only one, two, a dinner table, one person, and um, really that's it. But I think we've taken it very well and hopefully it'll go well in this camp as well. Um, it, is, it is a long camp. It's a nine-day camp, but... Um, do you know what? We're just we're just excited for the game, really, and you know we wanted to come around really quick, but we'll keep ourselves occupied, and um, we have Netflix here and stuff, so we'll just we'll just watch Netflix and train hard every day, and just look forward to it. Netflix and chill. That's it. That's, That's it. <laughs> Thanks, Tony. Yeah, honestly, it was it was absolutely devastating. I didn't get over it for like honestly a few weeks later. I was went back to Brighton, and I was just so down. But look. It's football and, you know, those nights happen and those nights happen a lot and, um, you know, we just had to pick ourselves back up again and, you know, coming into this camp, you'd be very positive. Um, we're still second in the table, so, you know, that's a positive and we'll prepare as well as we can and, you know, hopefully go out and do a good job. <laughs> yeah, there was. I was very down, to be fair. And, yeah, there was tears afterwards too and um, just really down. It was probably the most upsetting um, part of my career losing that game to be quite honest and um, but look th those things make you stronger and as I said you just have to take the positives out of it and we weren't bad on the night and, you know just it just didn't go our way so um, here we are in camp now for, for this you know huge game and we're just excited uh, to get out there and play 
after a few weeks you kind of you just have to really because look you've another big game coming up and you know you can't think about the past anymore and I'm past it now and um, move forward I think we all have so we're just uh, focusing on the next game Eva mentioned miracle there do you believe in miracles? I do yeah anything can happen it's 11 v 11 and um, being realistic Germany are <laughs> they're out of this world like we've seen it against them the last time that they're such a good team and it was a really tough game but um, as I said anything can happen and you know we'll have a game plan and we'll go out and do the best we can so look forward to it I've been enjoying it yeah um, it's different but it's a new challenge and I love a challenge for myself so um, I am enjoying that part and I have the two Irish girls there as well so that has helped me a lot to settle in and stuff and you know the team welcomed me with open arms the club they've been absolutely fantastic and um, the league is a huge challenge it's very competitive you can see that with all the different players that came from all over the world and um, yeah but I'm I'm really enjoying it and I suppose you mentioned the two Irish girls there just how big of a, of a boost was that coming into Brighton just knowing you had a piece of home with you yeah it made my decision easier to be quite honest to, to go to Brighton um, having those two there they're Megan has been my friend since 14, 15 years old, played together, played against each other. Um, same with Rihanna. We've known each other a very long time and I really settled in right away, to be quite honest, because living with them, they're so familiar. Rihanna cooks me dinner every single night, so absolutely buzzing with that. <laughs> um, so it's, it's going very well. Uh, yeah, um, love the courage. Very excited to go back there. They're a world-class team, to be quite honest. And... The training environment is top class. Um, you're only going to get a lot better from being there. Um, I have one of the best coaches too, Paul Riley, and I've learned a lot from him and I've grown as a player. So I'm really excited. It's going to be it's going to be a very long season next year. Obviously, with the pandemic and stuff this year, we didn't get to do much. Um, it was a tournament, so that was kind of sad. But into next year, we have the tournament and we have the regular season as well. So we've a lot to look forward to. Um, whatever team they put out then, you know, well enough, we'll, we'll have a game plan and we'll focus on ourselves and regardless of who they put out, um, we'll go out and, and do our very best. So I'm not really sure who, who they're going to put out, to, to be quite honest, but I'm excited anyway. Do you have any hope or did you see anything in Montenegro that they'd have any hope of getting a result in Kiev? I mean, as I said, same with us, it's 11 v 11 and... You know, they, they could take the points. I'm not, I'm not really sure, but it would be fantastic if they did. But um, Ukraine are a good side, and um, I don't know. We, we'll just wait and see, I guess. Yes, Denise O'Sullivan there, speaking ahead of Tuesday's game at Tallis Stadium. The Republic of Ireland taking on Germany. Ireland needing to uh, match or better uh, Ukraine's result against Montenegro. Um, of course, uh, you heard uh, Denise talk about the disappointment there of losing out to Ukraine uh, last month. Thanks to that own goal. Very disappointing for the boys in green, or the girls in green, excuse me, when their destiny was in their own hands. But look, they faced Germany on Tuesday. Nothing to lose, so they might as well go for it. And as Denise said there, stranger things have happened so fingers crossed for a Christmas miracle on Tuesday night go and take a quick break when we come back we're talking to Cork City legend Declan Daly and we're going to talk to the man who refereed Diego Maradona back in 1990 Mr. Pacelli. The Big Red Bench Saturday and Sunday from 6pm. Glad you could join us on the Big Red Bench on this Sunday evening. Our competition on the show tonight, we have a €25 Euro voucher to give away with thanks to our good friends at Supermax. Visit supermax.ie 
to enter. Very simple. Just text your name, 086-8104-106, or you can send it on WhatsApp as well. Answers, very simple question. Who will contest this year's All-Ireland Hurling Final? Who will contest this year's All-Ireland Hurling Final? 086-8104-106 on text or WhatsApp. We'll announce the winner at the end of the show. Finish scoreless between Chelsea and Tottenham. Joe Rossum. Full time Chelsea nil, Tottenham nil. It's been a feisty encounter between the two London rivals who both missed good chances to score. Spurs were the better team in the first half with Steven Bergwijn's balloon shot over the bar from inside the box, their best opportunity. Chelsea dominated the second 45, but Tammy Abraham, Hakim Zayed, and Olivier Giroud all missed chances from good positions inside the penalty area. The point is in to take Jose Mourinho's team back to the top of the Premier League table. Spoils shared, Chelsea nil, Tottenham nil. Delayed kick-off, Arsenal and Wolves 8-15. Andrew Shield has team news. Two changes for Arsenal. David Luiz in for holding at centre-back. Holding drops to the bench. And Saka replaces the suspended Pepe in midfield. Wolves make three changes. Kilman, Nuri and Neves are replaced by Marcel, Cody and Neto. It's Arsenal against Wolves at the Emirates Stadium. All right, Cork City legend Declan Daly has launched a fundraising initiative for the Mercy University Hospital. It's a 5K virtual run or walk with all the proceeds going to the Mercy. Now, it's in honour of Declan's mother, Lena, who sadly passed away back in September. I've been speaking to Jack about the initiative. Okay, joined on the line by our good friend Declan Daly, who has launched a fundraising initiative for the Mercy University Hospital. Declan, first off, thanks for joining us on the Big Red Bench. Hi Rory, good to talk to you The strange times Yeah, it's a bit weird isn't it How have you found lockdown and how have you found everything <laughs> Lockdown has been strange as it's been for everybody else I think it's uh, yeah. it's amazing what you get used to When you're doing it for a long period of time But mm. I still can't wait for a bit of normality To come back into the whole thing Yeah, fingers crossed Declan, our condolences anyway And the passing of your mother, uh, Lena Daly An incredible woman and we're, we're very sorry to hear that Thanks very much Rory, thanks thanks for that Yeah, it was... It was uh, just around September this year, it was a big blow, to be honest. Yeah, and I can imagine so. And you're fundraising now in her memory, in her name, and yeah. a fantastic initiative coming up in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, Rory. I think look, what it was really is that um, my mum went into hospital in, in the in the middle of August, um, and ultimately passed away in, in St Mary's Ward in the Mercy Hospital on the seventh of September. Um, but during the, the three and a half weeks that she was in there, she got tremendous care and uh, from the staff of the Mercy, um, from everybody involved, really, the, the catering, the cleaning, the nursing, the medical teams. Um, they were all really, really good to her and they gave, she was a real humane experience yeah. towards the end of her life. So I, I, we just wanted to see if there was some way we could acknowledge that. And um, given the fundraising restrictions that are there for a lot of the charities at the moment with COVID and regular events that will be going on, uh, outdoor events that will be going on for them, um, we felt that we might try and do something to, in some small way to show our appreciation. So this is what we're trying to do in the first two weeks of December. And the work, I suppose, Declan, that frontline staff are doing in very, very trying conditions, as you mentioned with COVID-19, is nothing short of incredible. Yeah, I, I think that it's really, it really is a difficult place for them. Like, and, and I saw it probably firsthand over those two or th- three weeks that we were there. 
Um, they are really the first point of contact for people when they're sick at that stage because a lot of the time family are restricted from visiting and everything else. So so they are a bit more even the nurses or carers or, or their the, the friends and their, their, their contact points, human contact points for the people that are in hospital. So uh, we probably saw that at first hand over those couple of weeks. And uh, it's only a small gesture. It, might, it won't be a huge thing for the mercy, but I think for us it's just talking to say, look, we appreciate all they did and uh, for my mother and, um, and and that's what we're trying to do in December. Yeah, and it's a 5k virtual walk uh, a run for the Mercy so any, everyone can do it basically. Yeah, I suppose I wanted to get something that I could do and, uh, <laughs> and that everybody else could do so we said maybe two weeks to do 5k would be something that I could achieve so I think that um, that's what it is. It's, look, it's it's a fun event. It's, it's an event that's there whose sole purpose is to raise funds um, and to try and see if we can match it with hopefully what will be uh, a reduced lockdown mm. and people can get out a little bit um, and for all those things we just said maybe the first two weeks of December um, we do a 5k you could do a 5k anywhere you want walk push a pram jog door over four or five days whichever suits um, just to, to, to get the event moving yeah and as you mentioned Declan fundraising I suppose is down across the board and any small bit of help that you can give to the Mercy Foundation for this uh, would be greatly appreciated yeah I think that's what it is I think for Morse as a family my, my sisters Geraldine Paul and, and brother Ken like we just wanted to see if there was any way at all we, we could show our public appreciation for it and, and I think this was something that's that we thought might work and um, if we can raise funds for it and I think we have raised like there's, there's funds have been raised already because it was launched probably um, recently with the Mercy Hospital and people in advance of the first two weeks of December have been making donations so to those people I want to say thanks very much because it's all much, very much appreciated um, and for, hopefully we'll like, like to see a number of people joining us for the two weeks um, and, and doing the event then Yeah I'm just looking at the justgiving.com page here there's over a thousand euro raise and considering that the event hasn't even started yet you, that's, that must be particularly losing yeah, it's 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 super for us. I suppose as a family, we, we didn't really have any idea or, or what kind of funds would be raised. I think the important thing for us was to try and um, show our appreciation to the staff there um, uh, in memory of our mother. So, and it's in a strange way, Rory. I suppose like <laughs> my father actually um, died in the Mercy six years ago. Mm-hmm in the same war that my mother died in in September so so the, there was something I wanted to do six years ago and it's been a regret of mine that we didn't do it at that stage because they were equally as good with my father that time as they were with my mother so um, it's just something we didn't want to leave past this year and um, we wanted to get it done before the end of the year really exactly yeah. so it's 5k walk or run uh, can be done any in the, in the first two weeks of December if it, people wanted to donate deck to just giving that yeah. campaign is the best place uh, I think just giving that, just Google, just giving uh, run for Lena and that'll bring you straight to the page. And I think um, anything at all, I know people have been very generous um, with donations over this period of time. Um, and and if there is an opportunity for people to continue and do it to this charity, we would really appreciate it. And if not, just do the walk <laughs> and, and, uh, and join us on it. And maybe um, if we can post get pictures if you're doing it would be appreciated to get a picture and just to tag the Mercy Hospital Foundation and it would get a bit of a buzz going for the event for maybe for the two weeks yes certainly so um, just a quick word while I have you on Cork City disappointing season yes. I guess for them being relegated and life will be tough in the first division but hopefully they can come out of it at the, at the first chance 
Yeah, it's really difficult, I suppose, when you consider the, 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 the change from 2017 to where we are now. It's, yeah. it, it was a, it was a big change, um, and uh, it, it was a very difficult season for everybody. I think it, it didn't help that the season was curtailed games-wise, so you really had no opportunity to to make up any last ground. I, I think if you were if you were behind and you were chasing, it's it's a really really difficult league to pick up points and. Um, when you had the number of games reduced just to two rounds of matches, it, it was always going to be an uphill battle for us to to stay up. Yeah. I think on my hope towards the end of the season, what we get into the playoff position, I didn't think we were going to stay up outright. But I thought if we could get to the playoff position, I, I thought we could we might win that one soft game, which would have kept us there. So, um, but it wasn't to be, and I think it's it's unfortunate we're down there, but I think it's a difficult league. There's going to be. Uh, we live a local derby in Cork. There's going to be Galway. There's going to be Shelburne. It's going to be a really competitive division um, to get out of. But I think that's that's the sole focus I would imagine of the club to to get out of it at this stage. All right, uh, thanks a million for joining us. Um, very best of luck with the, the the fundraising over the next couple of weeks. I'm going to do it myself as well, so you'll see me puffing a pant in around Waterglass Hill. I look somewhere. forward to seeing the photograph <laughs> and the fast time, Rory. I don't know about the fast time deck, but it'll be a time anyway. Uh, but Declan, thanks very much for joining us today, buddy. Thanks, Rory. Thanks, bye. It was a pleasure talking, talking to our pal Declan Daly there, the Cork City legend, former Cork City captain, and a fantastic initiative as well for the Mercy University Hospital. Uh, so if you want more details on that, if you'd like to donate, uh, you can go to justgiving.ie and search uh, for 5K for Lena. I'll take it to it. I'm looking forward to doing that. At some stage this week, um, won't be a fast time, but it will be a time. All right, the football world is in mourning following the death of the legendary Diego Maradona earlier on in the week. Now, one Cork man who got closer to him the most is referee Pat Kelly. Pat refereed a friendly between Argentina and Switzerland in May of 1990 as the then reigning champions prepared for their World Cup defence the following month. I spoke to Pat about refereeing, the best player in the world. OK, we're all mourning the death of Diego Maradona this week, but one man who got closer to him the most was our good friend Pat Kelly, who joins us on the line now. Pat, how are you, sir? I'm very good, Rory, and you? I'm good now. Thanks, Miller, for taking the call. Um, I was amazed during the week you fought me to, to chat about something else completely. It was the day that Maradona died, and I just kind of said to you offhand, did you ever referee him? Not thinking you were going to say, no, 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 I didn't. But then you were like, oh, yeah, I did. 1990. That's amazing, Pat. Can you tell us how it came about? Yeah, and the FAI did an exchange with Switzerland. We had an exchange going for years, an exchange of referee for friendly matches. Hmm. And in 1990, when they were world champions, we got the call to know would we staff the Switzerland-Argentina match in Bern. And it was the week of the FEA Cup final. Now, Kevin O'Sullivan was refereeing his last match in 1990, the FEA Cup final between Bray Wanderers and St. Francis. And Kevin was one of my assistants in... Done. You know, it was a good release for him because build up to cup final, you're better off being out of the country and not to have people annoying you. And Kevin was uh, was with me, you know, it was good to have somebody else from Cork as well with me. And the other assistant was uh, Robert Finn from Waterford. Yeah, fantastic. So, yeah, that, that's the way it came about. And I was appointed to the, uh, to the friendly match and we went out and 
did our thing and that was it really um, like they were the world champions uh, playing Switzerland like, playing Switzerland like going into the World Cup they were about a month away from the World Cup at that point I mean, like, they were the biggest team in the world uh, would, would this have been the biggest game in your career up to this point or one of the biggest games in your career up to this point definitely yeah definitely um, you know it always sends out because of who was playing in it you know mm. the fact that Maradona was playing playing was, was the real big thing for us like but it was still a match that had to that you had to go referee, you know. Um, these matches at times, friendly matches with big big name players, uh, they were more more trouble than than they were worth in the long run, like because you had to keep control of them. And if you sent anybody off, the first thing people would say is, "Oh, he was only looking for notice, <laughs> and he wanted to do this." That was it, you know. Yeah. I've I've had fellas, uh, I've had fellas taken off, like. Uh, Roy Keane and Brian Floyd above in Dublin when Shelburne played Rovers and uh, with a full house where Brian Floyd was having a go off Roy and he was picking the wrong man in my opinion yeah. so I had to get both managers to take the two of them off otherwise I'd have had to send them off <laughs> and then I'd have to report it yeah fantastic what was um, so, Maradona like I mean, did you meet him beforehand uh, before the game kicked n- off or it was the first time he met him was in the centre no, circle no they, they were they were warming up the same as we were and um, there was no contact made really until they came to the centre circle and we shook hands shook hands with the board assistants as well trying to get them over to the dressing room was the biggest problem yeah. and somebody sent me the match the other night and the build up to it, it must have been two and a quarter hours long I'd say the build up was looking at the supporters and all that before the match and trying to get Argentina over the dressing room before the match whatever they were at inside yeah. <laughs> they were taking their time definitely yeah like Maradona was like the biggest star in the world at this point as well wasn't he without a doubt yeah and then to me I mean they speak about Ronaldo and Messi and George Best and Pele I didn't get the opportunity to see Pele live I've seen the others live but um he was my, you know, he was the, he was the real big, big, um, biggest one as far as I'm concerned and the best best player in my opinion. And he was quite short as well. Were you surprised by how small he was in the flesh? Uh, yeah, he was. When they have to look down on someone, probably, <laughs> that's it. I normally had to look up to people. Yeah. But but, when, uh, when you had to look down on them. When you're refereeing games like this as well, can you appreciate like the class and quality of players oh, yeah. like this or are you just fully focused on the game? Yeah, well, you're fully focused on the game, really. But, um, I, you know, Neil was on the other day and uh, he was on um, about, you know, the biggest match I ever did. And all right, I did my two cup finals. Uh, your grandfather, I know, did plenty of cup finals mm. in his time. Rory... Um, Go on. Uh, Owen McCarthy yeah, yeah. and um, Owen got me into refereeing first day so it's my, it's my grandest fault so basically is it that's his fault <laughs> yeah I can't thank for anything that I've achieved down through the years yeah. I can guarantee a, a gentleman but um, I refereed the under 16 UEFA final in 1993 in Istanbul yeah and it's only when I went through the program a couple of, couple of well, a couple of years ago now, really, because I'm working on a book uh, for the last five years. 
which will be done from Mary Mount in the Mercy Hospital. And I was looking at it and I saw goalkeeper Buffon. <laughs> and the centre forward was Totty. Yeah. And no, at, at that age, you don't realise all you're interested in is refereeing the match. You could see the bit of skill coming out in people, all right, but I wouldn't have been a coach or anything else, a player's coach, <laughs> to say that this fellow's going to make a great player or that fellow's yeah. going to make a great player. But when you look back after and see, Jesus, they were playing in that match and I didn't even realise it, you know? <laughs> yeah. And this game is amazing. Yeah, this game itself, um, Argentina and Switzerland finished one all in Bern. There's about ten thousand people there at it. I um I watched the game on I watched the game on YouTube and there there's kind of almost a buzz whenever Maradona gets the ball, even from the Swiss fans. That's right. They're they're just so excited to see him. Yeah, I mean there were a lot of Argentinian supporters there, but Switzerland at that time, even in nineteen ninety, it wasn't a real football country as such, like I mean, if Argentina were playing in, in any other country in the world, it would have been full house, and that was mm. it, you know? But uh, the stadium wasn't full by any means. Yeah. So, and did I, I suppose if they, were, they were more interested in the, in the financial side of things in Switzerland, <laughs> it's the, the home of finances, you know, yeah. so maybe football is only secondary yeah. you know when you look back in the game Pat did Maradona do anything in particular that stood out here was he just kind of generally class for the the whole 90 minutes or was he good? did he have a oh, quiet he game was, he was he was class like you could see you know he just was class but he didn't cause me any problems as such yeah uh, he was whinging, whinging once or twice all right no decisions that would go against him but which is an arm anyway you yeah. know so other than that like everything was grand yeah, a player like Maradona, the opposition kind of tends to, to, I suppose, kind of kick lumps out of him to let them know they're there. Were the Swiss like that on the day? or No, they? they weren't. They weren't really. They, they didn't cause any problems. Uh, I can't even remember if there was a, a caution in the match. But uh, these people at times show respect for players as well. You can't, you know, you have to have respect for class yeah. and you have to realise. But that's not to say that they'll give them a free ride either. Yeah. But um, I was saying as well like that I got the match ball after after I'm my brother's home. I would never and have never asked anybody for an autograph. Yeah. But I got somebody to get the autograph. Yeah. And I gave it to the school. I gave the ball to the, the school here with a photograph of myself and Maradona coming off at the final whistle and he was he had his hands apart he was speaking in Spanish obviously so all new to me <laughs> so I, I, that that went up to the school just to raise funds for Beaumont Beaumont uh, school above and I don't know who won the, won the thing like but I can guarantee it's not uh, I didn't get the autograph for him <laughs> that's some memento someone has now at home oh uh, yeah. Um, yeah so after the game then did you, did you get a chance to speak to him or any of the players or is it just kind of no, straight home no um, they just go we went back to our hotel they went back to their hotel whatever they were saying and we flew home the following day and was, that, that week was all about the cup final really <laughs> the cup final is the biggest game you yeah. can referee it's an honour for a referee isn't it and yeah, and that's that's uh, it was Kevin's week, and there was no point in you know 
trying to steal the thunder or anything else it was that week and this was a friendly match that took place and Kevin was sent out with me maybe he was sent out just to, to relax for a few yeah. days but um, it was great we all got on grand and all returned safely and nobody knew much about it really until Paul Maradona died the other day yeah, this is very sad how did um, Kevin get on in the FAI Cup final was that uh, Bray Wanderers in St Francis was it was great yeah that was the, the day um, John Ryan equaled my identity's hat-trick. Yeah. Um, they were the only two that ever scored a hat-trick in the cup final. Moya in 72 and John Ryan then in, um, in 1990. But that was the famous St. Francis match play in St. Francis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And tell me then a few years later it was almost like history repeating itself when your son Alan who of course is a very famous referee himself refereed Argentina and Spain when Diego Maradona was coach. Yeah, that was another exchange. I was working in the FBI that time, uh, managing the referees, and I did an exchange with my Spanish counterpart, and they couldn't... It was the first match in the Aviva Stadium when Ireland played Argentina. Yeah. Alan refereed Manchester United and the League of Ireland. That was the, the opening match. But the first international match was Argentina, and or Ireland and Argentina, and... I asked the English, um, David Elry, to know do we, could we do an exchange, and he said, look, we, we'd love to do that match, but we can only give you a B in international in return. Yeah. So I said, that's not good enough for me. I said, he was telling me really like that we weren't capable of refereeing England. So I passed on that and got on to my counterpart in Spain, and he agreed even though they couldn't supply a referee for the Argentina match because their FIFA referees were already appointed to friendly matches. Yeah. But they gave us Spain and Argentina and we gave them uh, another match after Ireland and I think it was Denmark we gave them. But um, that was how it came about and Maradona was the manager that time. Yeah, and uh, was he quiet on the day? I can't. I can't remember the match now, but I can't. Uh, uh, Alan right? said he was a bit. Of, he was a bit um, multi, all right. But <laughs> lucky enough, Alan didn't have much Spanish either, so he didn't know what he was saying. <laughs> fantastic stuff there from Pat Kelly. Fantastic storyteller, and what a what a story to have as well. Um, being on the pitch with Diego Maradona just before their Defence of the World Cup kicked off in 1990. Um, absolutely incredible stuff and great to hear from Pat. And uh, Pat has a book uh, in the workings as well. It's uh, on the way and we'll have Pat on to talk about his career in a bit more uh, depth uh, when that book comes out. And as Pat said, a lot the proceeds going to charity as well. So fantastic stuff there indeed. Back to Croke Park we go. Uh, Valerie Wheeler joins us from a very cold uh, Dublin, I'd imagine it is. But Valerie, it is Limerick who are into the All-Ireland Turning Championship final where they will face Waterford in just under two weeks' time. In fact, two weeks' time today, I should say. And I have to say, Limerick deserved it today. Yeah, they 
Rory, um, you're dead right about it being a cold and foggy <laughs> at Dark Crow Park. We're being kicked out. I was trying to walk to the car while carry a few bags while I talked to you. But um, look, they were deserving winners in the end. I think that um, even though that Limerick knew themselves, they got off to a rocky start. They'd, I'd say I counted 10 or 11 wides throughout the game. You know, they do know that they have a lot of stuff to work on. But once the 10th minute came and the first score came in the scoreboard, you know, they seem to have just found themselves. Um, plenty of players on the field that stood out. I mean, Tom Morris, who was excellent, Garrod, mm. Hegarty, Dermot Burns. Plenty of them really stood up today, which is important. I think I was seeing stats online of um, how much they shut down Galway's puckouts. And I think they got so much scores yeah. from Galway's puckouts, even their own puckouts today. Um, so they were just a pleasure to watch. And I think poor old Galway, I think that, you know, I don't know, were they able to get up to speed to Limerick? Then also that their injury roles, I think losing Colin Mannion so early in the game really yeah. didn't help them. And then, of course, Joe Canning towards the end. You know, he's such a big loss. Those four sideline cuts. I mean, Amazing, one of them yeah. he took in front of me, Rory, and I, I will never forget it. He is just outstanding as a hurler and you know it's such a pity for him because he just always falls short on the big days as part of a team and that's that's really tough to take Yeah Canning's um, injury was a kind of a weird one because it seemed to almost galvanise Galway when he went off injured and they kind of doubled their efforts and got right back into the game yeah, they did. And maybe that was part of, you know, maybe that's the reason why they kind of took a couple of seconds to, they were probably like, okay, we're after losing Joe, mm. here we go, we really need to put it up to him. But then they just fell away again. And, you know, hopefully players would have been like, right, let's do this for us, let's do this for Joe, let's do it for Kyle, let's do it for Shane O'Neill, you know. And Shane O'Neill was very cross afterwards. I just felt like he, you know, he's obviously frustrated and upset by maybe how they played this evening. But um, Joe, um, well, I had no official update when I was chatting to Shane O'Neill just a, few, a while ago, but he said he was in the medical room and it was probably concussion that he was doing alright but no one likes to see players like Joe Canning or any player being injured in a game like that you know I think it's a scary moment he was down for a good while and I'd say he genuinely went out for the couch Roy because I didn't see his legs move mm. for a couple of minutes or a couple of seconds even not even minutes yeah. but you know, it's it's it's. I think it's really scary when when players take a knock like that because you're just so worried of the outcome of it. Yeah, it wasn't a pleasant viewing, I have to say, at all, at all. But it will be Limerick uh, now to face Waterford in the final, and Valerie on paper that could be an absolute cracker. Oh look, come here! It's it's for the neutral, for anybody, for Limerick and for Waterford. This is an amazing opportunity for both counties. In a year where we thought there'd be no hurling, I mean, look at us now, and people are giving out over the last weeks that with no G and no sports, and you know, it's just well, they just take a look at themselves and realise the joy <laughs> it's bringing so many people across the country at the moment. I, we've been treated so many class games, and as you said, this game is going to be unbelievable. I mean, like who do you want to win it you'd love to see Waterford to win it because they've been 1959 yeah. is the last time they won it I mean Limerick have had their day out two years ago so you feel like maybe <laughs> you know it might be Waterford's yeah. turn but it's going to be absolutely smashing Limerick and Waterford have never played each other in All-Ireland final and it's really nice to see another different team in the mix mm. you know that's Waterford in the mix now again for another Ireland final and it's nice not to see I know it's great to see the Kilkenny and Tipperary's but to see a, a different team it's mm. such a nice change for everybody it really is Alright it certainly is Alright Valerie thanks for that safe trip home Thanks Rory Bye That's Valerie Wheeler there in Croke Park Alright uh, going to hear from uh, John Kiley uh, Dynamic Managers before we wrap up the show We'll eventually hear from John Kiley there um, just 
before we uh, wrap up the show I was waiting to hear from him uh, following today's uh, fantastic uh, win uh, over um, over Galway today their three point win a fantastic uh, result for them they will face Waterford uh, in the final in uh, two weeks time and this is John Kiley speaking to the Assembly media afterwards start you know we've still created a few chances alright but you know just a few handling errors and bits and pieces you know we're just a bit nervy maybe and um, once we settled into it then midway through the first half we got into a good rhythm and you know clawed back that bit of a lead that Galway had and uh, yeah it was nip and tucked in for long long periods of the game very very satisfied with the performance like because you know when things aren't coming as easily as you might like them to come sometimes that can be the day that you know you back off it and you and you, you just accept that it's not happening for you today maybe or that you find it too difficult today but the boys just embrace that challenge and embrace the difficulty and try to figure out the solutions to the problems and just keep fighting and fighting and fighting and the boys coming off the bench then made a huge impact as well in the last 15-20 minutes yeah that's uh, John Colley there speaking after today's game we're out of time our Supermax competition winner is Marie Harty from Ballyhay congratulations you've won a 25 euro voucher but thanks to Supermax at supermax.ie we're back next Saturday from 6 podcast and I'm very very shortly enjoy the rest of your Sunday night folks the big red bench Saturday and Sunday from 6pm Cork's Red FM